Well, good morning, church. I'm a pastor now. I'm a pastor now, so I might get a little excited in here this morning. I bought this new sweatshirt the other day. This one I'm wearing because I wanted to make sure I looked really good for you this morning. So I hope it blesses your life. We're going to take the next few moments. Uh, we're going to look at a story together out of the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the living word of God, that every word in this book is inspired by God, and that's why we read it. My hope for you this morning is that you wouldn't hear my words, but that Jesus might speak into your life. And we're going to pick up a story found in Luke chapter 15. Uh, Jesus is on the scene. He's talking to a group of people, and he tells one story with three parts. He tells a story about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and two lost sons. And we're going to spend our time this morning looking at the first part of this story about the lost sheep. And the title that I'm giving this morning's message and what I'm calling it is Lost and Found. Lost and Found. Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 1, reading to verse 7. This is what the Bible says. Are you ready for it? All right. Now the tax collectors and sinners, that's me, were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost." Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So right here in this story, Jesus is on the scene. He's talking to two very different groups of people. The Bible describes them as tax collectors and sinners. And then Pharisees and scribes. People who others would look at that are not worthy. And people who would look at themselves and think that they're worthy. And then Jesus tells this story. He says, hey, which of you having 100 sheep, if you lost one of them, if one of them scurried away, wouldn't leave the 99 and go find the one, pick it up, swoop it up, take it home, pop some champagne, or if the sheep is underage, some apple cider, and then throw a party that this sheep was once lost and is now found. And then Jesus says this remarkable verse. He says, truly I say to you, there is more joy in heaven over one of us who repents and comes home to God. Friends, this morning my hope is I'd like to speak to you today from the idea that in all of our wandering and in all of our lostness, that there's still a hope. And his name is Jesus. And as we dive into this story together, would you pray with me really quick? Lord God, we thank you so much for these moments now that we get to share together as a community. Would you speak to us, God? Would you draw us to yourself? Would you give us enough courage to believe that maybe right here in this moment, this morning, right now, you, Jesus, want to speak to us? Lord God, we thank you for this time together, and we love you. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. You ever taste something in your life that's like so good, you're like, mm, I just need more of that. Like something that's so delicious, you're like, yes, that is what I want to eat all the time. My wife, Alyssa, she's an amazing cook delicious food. You come over to our house anytime you want. You're all invited over. And you, can, you would eat this food and you'd be like, this is the greatest food that I've ever tasted. The other day we were eating some delicious foods. 
we were eating some steak. Don't judge me. I treat myself well. And we were eating this steak, and it was delicious. And I put it in my mouth. I was like, mmm, this is so good. And then we decided to go out on the town. I like to treat my wife. Why? Because I'm an incredible husband. Look at me go. But we go out. We're sitting down. I look at the menu. I'm like, ooh, a steak tonight sounds good. Order myself a steak. Alyssa orders something. It comes to the table. I cut it open. It's looking moist. Don't you just love that word, moist? And it's looking so good. I eat it, take a bite, and I'm like, hmm, this does not taste that good. This does not taste like the steak that I just had that my wife cooked me a few days ago. This does not taste right. So I, like, have the waiter come over. I'm like, excuse me, sir, uh, is this the filet mignon? He's like, sir, it's, it's, it's mignon. I'm like, I don't care what it is. What is it? Like, is this... Is this the right steak? And he's like, sir, yeah, I, I assure you that it is. I'm like, this doesn't seem to taste quite right. And he was like, okay, well, you know, I could take it. I was like, no, 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 I'll eat it. And it ended up being okay. But I remember as I was eating that steak, I was like, man, this doesn't taste as good as I thought it was going to. But the only reason that I knew the steak didn't taste as good is because I had tasted something better. That the only reason you and I know that something doesn't taste as good as we know it should be is because we have tasted something better. You ever have moments in your life where you kind of have the emotion or the feeling of, man, this this isn't how it's supposed to be. Maybe you have moments in your life where you're looking at your family, man, why is everybody always angry or upset or always seem to be complaining. This isn't how it's supposed to be. There shouldn't be this much pain and grief and hurt in my life all the time. This this doesn't taste right. This isn't how it's supposed to be. My marriage, I I was hoping for something more, for for something better. This This doesn't taste quite right. Why does it feel like this? It seems all of us as humanity are in a state in moments of our lives or it doesn't seem quite right, or this life doesn't seem to taste quite right. But for some reason, we are way too busy and preoccupied with what's next to ever wrestle with the truth that maybe we were created for more. That maybe you were created for more. And that's why I love this story so much in the Bible in Luke chapter 15. In verse 4 of this story, Jesus says, What man of you having a hundred sheep? The Bible says the shepherd has a hundred sheep. And then it goes on to say, And if one of the sheep gets lost, the shepherd wouldn't leave the 99 and go after the one until he finds it. But how many sheep did the shepherd have at the beginning of the story? Jesus says, A hundred sheep. That means that before this sheep ever got lost, before the sheep ever wandered off, it belonged to the shepherd. It was with the shepherd. Before the sheep ever wandered off, it was under the careful provision and guidance and leading and protection of the shepherd. Before it was ever lost... It was found to be with the shepherd and belonged to the shepherd. 
in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, the very first page of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, God says, let us make man and woman in our image. The very first pages of Scripture. In the beginning of it all, the Bible says that God created you and created me. And we look good this morning. And then the psalmist writes in Psalm 139 that God intricately wove each one of us in our mother's womb. Uniquely designed and created us for good works, for good purposes. That God created you. That God created me. And because of that, before we ever got lost, we belonged to God. We were created by God. We were found to be in the beginning with God. And that's why this life, sometimes in moments, just feels like, why doesn't this taste quite right? Because at the very deepest part of your soul, you have tasted something better. You were created for more. And in the very beginning of creation, your soul tasted what it was like to be perfectly belonging to God. But now because of sin... Because of separation from God, because of sin, because of the brokenness and the truth that all people, me so much included, live in a fractured and broken and cracked humanity, just like the one sheep in this story, we got lost. And Jesus tells us this story, and he refers us back to what Isaiah said hundreds of years before Jesus. Isaiah 53, 6 says, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And now in the midst of our brokenness and our sin, we chose us over God. We chose what we think is best over what we were uniquely and awesomely created for. We chose us over God. We chose what we think is best over God. And when we do that, we live lost. The original temptation in the garden, the original temptation in the narrative of Scripture in the very beginning, the original sin in the garden of Eden between Adam and Eve was the temptation and desire to replace what God defines as good and evil for what we would choose to define as good and evil. The original temptation was to say, I think I know what's best rather than trusting in a God who knows what's best. When the sheep wanders off in this story and does what it thinks best, it gets lost. When our desire is to do what we think is best, we get lost. And it's not fulfilling for long because we crave something more. When the sheep is wandering off, it gets lost because it doesn't know what's best. You and I, we don't know what's best. So we get lost. And we lose our anchor point for what is good and evil. 
We have lost our anchor point for what is right and for what is wrong, for what is good and for what is bad, for what is truth and what is tolerance. And because of that, we are in a consistent place of lostness, angry and upset, grumbling and groaning, constantly desiring something better, something more. And it was because before it all got lost, in the very beginning, we were found to be belonging to God. That you were created for more. You were created for God. You were created to belong and live in perfect relationship with the God who uniquely designed and loves you. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that God put eternity in your heart. That we are not created for death. That we are not created for lostness. That we are not created for brokenness. That we are not created for separation from God. And because of that, our heart, our soul, Our whole being, all that we are, craves something more, something better. Craves to be in perfect relationship with God. To be found with the anchor point of what is good and what is evil. What is truth and what is love. And that anchor point is a person. And his name is Jesus. And in this story in Luke chapter 15 that we just read, Jesus tells us the most powerful good news you and I could ever hear. Jesus tells us how we are to be found. In verse 4 and 5 it says, If a sheep has gotten lost, does not the shepherd leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it across his own shoulders, rejoicing. In this story, the shepherd goes out and finds the lost sheep. And when the shepherd gets to the sheep, the Bible does not say that the shepherd is angry at the sheep, is mad at the sheep, is disappointed at the sheep, is upset at the sheep. No, the Bible says that the shepherd gets down. Right to where the sheep is. Gets down in the dirt. So that the sheep can get comfortably on the shoulders of the shepherd. So the shepherd can take the sheep home. So it can be found again. Not by the strength of the sheep. But by the strength of the shepherd. Does the sheep become found. And the Bible says that as the sheep and shepherd get back home to the flock, the shepherd calls the whole city, says, come over. My sheep was once lost and is now found. The sheep didn't do much. Shepherd did all the work, all of the heavy lifting. I truly believe that in this story, the entirety of the gospel the entirety of the good news about Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the hope of Jesus, the new life that Jesus offers you and offers me is put on display for us in these seven verses. The story starts out and Jesus is talking to two different groups of people. Ones that are 
worthless in everybody else's eyes. And they're all drawing near to Jesus. As if to say that no matter who you are, you can come and kick it with Jesus. And then the next verse, it says that there's some people who think that they're worthy. And they're upset. And they're grumbling because the love of Jesus doesn't make sense to them. As if to say that in order for you and I to really see Jesus for who He truly is, we might first have to maybe recognize how lost we really are. That maybe we got to drop our pride a little bit. That maybe we got to stop believing that we think we know what's best. And then the Bible goes on and in the next few verses describes a love that doesn't make sense. A love that sounds foolish. A love that to many would sound ridiculous. A love that to many would sound too good to be true. That's because it's all grace. And grace doesn't make sense. And that's so what's amazing about this grace. It's foolish in people's opinions to give up a lot to get a little. It doesn't make sense in the world's eyes to give up much for less. It would be frowned upon in today's culture to leave everything else for just one thing. But that's what the shepherd does in this story. That's what the shepherd does in this story. And the most awesome part about this story is that the shepherd is not an example of you or me, but the shepherd is an example of the Savior, and his name is Jesus. And just like the shepherd in this story, Jesus came to find us. Just like the shepherd in this story, Jesus leaves everything and comes to fractured humanity for you. Because we are the one sheep that got lost. Jesus comes and does exactly what the shepherd does in this story. Jesus comes and is not angry and is not upset and is not disappointed and does not disapprove of you. Jesus comes and just like the shepherd in this story gets down in the dirt and brokenness of humanity in our lives. Gets right down where his people are at. And Jesus comes and he finds us. And just like the shepherd in this story that put the sheep on his own shoulders, Jesus comes and he puts us on his own back. He puts us on his own back, all of our weight of sin and lostness and brokenness. And in verse 5 in this story, it says, He lays it across His back, His shoulders, rejoicing. In this time period when shepherds would be roaming with their flock and a sheep would get lost, and they would go out to find it, they would get down low, right where the sheep sat in the dirt. And then they would take their, their, their staff and they would put it in one arm. And then they would take the other end of it and outstretch it across their back in the other arm so that both arms were stretched out wide so that the sheep could lay comfortably on the back of the shepherd so the shepherd could take the sheep home 
when Jesus came and conquered death for all of humanity, his arms were outstretched on a cross so that the entire weight of all of our sin and all of our brokenness could rest comfortably on the back of the Savior. Because Jesus does all of the heavy lifting so that we would no longer have to be lost, but that we could be found. That we would no longer have to wonder, why does this life not taste like I know that it should? And Jesus came to reconcile us back to God so that we could live the life that we were always originally and uniquely created for. A life belonging and being found with the Father. Jesus says at the end of this story in verse 7, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. You were created for more. You were created by God and eternity has been set in your heart. We do not know us best, but the God who created us does. We do not have to live lost. We can be found in the person of Jesus. We need only repent from our lostness and allow the shepherd to save us. I want to encourage you this morning. No matter how far you've wandered off or no matter how much you don't think you're lost, Jesus left heaven, came to earth and conquered death so that you and I would no longer have to live a life wanting and desiring for better or for more because something in this life doesn't taste quite right. But that we can be found and that we can go back to living the life that we were created for, living the life belonging to the God who created us. Jesus says there is joy when we repent of our desire to do what we think is best. And that there is freedom in our confession of wrongdoing and error. You want joy? You want freedom? Allow the shepherd to come and place you on his own back. Jesus does all of the heavy lifting. And he puts us on his own back, rejoicing as he takes us home again. And there is a party going on when we are found. You don't got to be lost anymore. You are invited to the party. You can be found. And his name is Jesus. Come on, let's pray together this morning. Lord God, we thank you so much that not by any of our own strength or any of our own doing did we save ourselves but that you sent your son Jesus, he who knew no sin to became sin for us, that we might be found by you, God. Lord God, we thank you that in order for something to be found, it has to be lost. But in order for something to be lost, it has to first belong to something. And we thank you, Lord God, that we first belong to you. 
Would you give us enough courage to allow you, Lord Jesus, to come and pick us up and take us home again to be with you? Lord God, we love you. We praise you. And in Jesus' name, amen.